Prologue Whence comes the teacher, she who is blind shall follow. The one who digs in dust precedes the finding of the jewel. And she who understands the sword precludes the greatest loyalty. When darkness rapes the land, the seraph shall purify the Templar and lead the sacred swords to victory. Ancient Prophecy of the Knights Templar Scottish Highlands, McNeil Holdings, 1121 He had wedded much to his dismay. Raucous laughter bounced off thick stone walls and high wooden timbers as an inebriated guest made an obscene gesture at his belt while Stadonna climbed the stone stairs. Declan McNeil chuckled as was expected, but he did not feel the humor. Today had been difficult enough for her. She did not need the harassment of men to remind her of her expected duties tonight. She stopped on the stairs and looked back at those who had feasted in celebration. Her gaze searched the room, resting on her sister, her father, and finally Declan. His heart tripped a beat under her scrutiny. A more beautiful woman he had never met. Long, wheaten hair trailed in two loose braids to her narrow waist, where dainty ribbons danced against her shapely backside. Her face held youth and innocence, and was as flawless as if the angels touched her. He raised his goblet with what he hoped was a reassuring smile. She narrowed her eyes. When she turned, her back tightened like the iron bars on the Bailey gate as she proceeded up and out of view. He would join her soon in their bedchamber. He drank the rest of his wine in one deep swallow. She hated him. They had met for the first time only just this morn, and she had not hesitated to express her true thoughts about their joining. Though he had been none too excited about assuming the role of husband, he had hoped the prospect of uniting peace between their families might see them on easier first footing. Such was not in his fortune. As the men laughed and jeered around him, he turned the narrow band around his finger. Soon she would see he was not the monster she proclaimed him. He had done all he could to see to her comfort tonight. On discovering her passionate objections, he had put his mind to the expected consummation for hours. The long years of feuding with her family, the Bonachs, and the neighboring Fitzgibbons would bring questions about the legitimacy of their wedding. And as such, the consummation must be witnessed which seemed insurmountable initially. What he eventually designed with his most trusted friend was simple. There would be two witnesses. Their fathers had agreed without protest. Adana's sister, who was too innocent to know about the ways between a woman and a man to question things, and Fingal would perform the necessary observation. Declan would close the curtains around the bed. He would kick the covers a bit, whispered to her she should make some sort of womanly sound, and then a vial of lamb's blood would provide the proof of their physical union. When she came to understand him better, they would come together naturally. She might hate him now, but she would come to see he was fair, reasonable, and did not hesitate to grant kindnesses when they were deserved. Fingal clapped him on the shoulder. To a married man's delight! With an exaggerated laugh, he raised his goblet in toast. Declan did not smile. 
Leaning closer, Fingal said at his ear, The time is upon you, my friend. Do act the role accordingly. Indeed, the joyous husband. With a false grin, Declan leaned away, clinked his goblet accordingly, and rose from the table. Better, he asked quietly. Much. Declan turned to the guests at the table, a mixture of his father's friends, Adana's family, and trusted members of their respective armies. Men who would not have normally been present in the Great Hall, but when neither family completely trusted the other, some securities were necessary. My friends, I thank you. I see now to my bride and wish you all good fortune. I can, I shall have mine. He paused, then affected a suggestive smirk. You may ask Fingal how good it may be. More loud cheers burst.